A few years before I started seminary, and seminary is where you study to be a priest, before, but a few years before I did that, my grandmother on my dad's side came down with dementia. And she knew that I was discerning to be a priest. She had this specific gift, a supernatural gift, I call it, because she could see right through my crap. She knew when I was playing games. And one time I went to visit her, uh, knowing that you know, her time in life was getting shorter and shorter. And as that kind of happens, as we see Jesus' life getting shorter and shorter, it puts things in perspective, what's really important. And there's one particular time I went to go visit her, and she asked me, how is discernment going? And discernment just means your prayer life of saying, God, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? And you have to cut off decisions. So discern actually means to cut. And she asked me, you know, how, how is discernment going? And I said, well, I don't know. I think I'm just going to go halvesies with the Lord. I didn't say this to her. But this is what my interior dialogue sounded like. But I think I'm just going to go halvesies with the Lord and just be a permanent deacon. No offense, deacon. But... <laughs> I wasn't even married yet, so it didn't make any sense. But as she, she looked at me, she just kind of turned her head and she, with her gift of seeing through my crap. And she just said, you will make a great priest. And later, a couple years later, as I finally applied to seminary and got over my own pride, over my own fears... I was working at Chambers Island. So Chambers Island is just outside of Door County. And we used to have a Catholic retreat center there. And the summer before I started seminary, I was working out there. But I got news that my grandma had a fall and she broke her wrist and broke her arm. And as uh, I called my vocation director and I said, hey, can I leave here so I can go see her? And I went and saw her in the hospital. I went up to the sixth floor in Appleton and saw her. And she's kind of in and out of it. She had um, obviously a lot of medication to, to take care of the pain and to avoid her from being too confused with the dementia because that, that fall really kicked her dementia into high gear. And I didn't come from a family that said these three words that I think a lot of us really need to start saying with more authenticity. We didn't say these three words. I love you. Just didn't grow up in a family where we did that very much. You know, uh, and maybe my parents did say it to me. You probably know my story. I'm not a great listener. Um, but it's something that, you know, it's kind of like, well, we, we show it, but we just don't say it, right? And as I was with my grandma, I had to say those words. And for me, that, those are big words. I didn't hold those words. Um, I didn't take them too lightly. And as I was with my grandma, I said, I said, Grandma, I love you. And she said back to me, I love you more. Those transfiguration moments when you go up, you know, like when went up the, the mountain as Jesus takes Peter, James, and John up the mountain and shows them who he really is, we learn that he loves us more and we're made for that love. But in the Greek, you know, it's, it's said that Peter actually, or Jesus actually dragged Peter, James, and John up the mountain. They didn't want to go. They didn't want to go. They wanted to do their own thing. And that can be us too. I just want to do my own thing, Jesus. I just want to do my own thing. But sometimes Jesus has to drag us to show us what's better for us. And I, I don't know why it took that moment of, of realizing my grandma's life was coming closer to an end to have me brought up to the hospital to say I love you to her. 
But we do need those transfiguration moments because as I was up in that hospital room, I was on the Mount of Transfiguration. And I've literally been there before too. And it's not an easy trek to get up that mountain. It's very windy roads. We took the easy way when I went there to seminary. We took the buses up there. But Jesus nonetheless takes these big three, Peter, James, John, up the mountain. And it says his face shone like the sun. This isn't the face of anybody. This is the face of Jesus Christ, God incarnate. His face shone like the sun. That means the light was coming from him. and His clothes became dazzling white. And Jesus is saying, this is who I am. I am truly God, but I've been hiding it. I've been hiding it. But I'm letting you three know, I'm letting you three know that I'm the Messiah. I'm the Christ. I'm the only one who can satisfy your heart. And as that light emitted from him, Peter's like, I don't want this to end. This is the best. I don't want this moment to end. It's sacred. It's holy. I don't deserve to be here. He says, I want to build three booths. He actually wants to capture this moment as Jesus is conversing with Moses, who is a sign of the law, and Elijah, who is a sign of the prophets. And, and Peter's like, let's just, put this, let's just put this in a container and not let it end. But they're also aware that when Elijah and Moses are no longer there, and they hear the voice of the Father speak. They hear the voice of the Father speak. And it says, this is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. Listen to him. And some translations of the Bible say, this is my beloved Son, in whom I delight. Listen to him. Or even delight in him. And Peter wanted to do that. But they fall on their faces as they hear this voice because they're aware that they're probably in a place they don't deserve to be. But Jesus calls them out of that. But they fall on their faces in awe. In awe of how good our God is. And Jesus comes down to them. Just like he wants to come down to us. Because in that awesomeness, there might be a little fear, a little anxiety, and I don't know what's going on in your life. Maybe you have anxiety in your heart. Maybe you have fear in your heart. Maybe you have worry in your heart. But he's, he looks at each of them just as he looks at us today, and he says, rise. Do not be afraid. You know, as petty as it might have sounded from me coming to say to my grandma, I love you, that was a big fear of mine. Because I didn't, I didn't hold those words lightly. But nonetheless, she had to say the words back to me, echoing our God, that he loves us more. He will always love us more, even when we feel like we don't deserve it. And now in my family, to show that the transfiguration happened and actually we had some change happen, you know, eventually we had to go down the mountain, do what we had to do, deal with my grandma's death, just like all of us have to deal with Jesus' death. And we have to sit with that and not go so fast through it. But after that, the change that happened in my family through this encounter with my grandma, the change that happened in my family is we don't ever see each other without saying, I love you. We don't ever dial someone on the phone without saying, I love you at the end of the conversation. We don't ever send a text message and end it without saying, I love you. And that's how you know the transfiguration worked. That's how you know when you have an encounter with Jesus, he changes the way you act. He changes the way you treat others. Even when you don't want to, you choose to be better because he loves us more. He loves us more. Then maybe just to ask yourselves, what are my fears? What are my worries? And what holds me back from trusting this good God?
because we, have, we all have to come down the mountain from these moments where we've encountered God's love and we have to, we have to come down and deal with the fact that we're going to die someday. And I'd just like to briefly speak about one of the fears I keep seeing in the media the past few weeks. And I think it's getting a little bit ridiculous. It's very serious, but it's getting a little bit ridiculous. And that's the coronavirus. The question that I keep asking myself as I hear about this on the news, I don't watch TV during Lent, but like, I'll check the news. But I'm wondering, why are, why are we as a nation and as a world, why are we more concerned about the coronavirus more than our salvation. People are living in fear of getting sick. But why aren't they living in fear of how soul-sick our sins make us? You know, I was sitting in the confessional today and not one person came. We offer confession an hour before every single Mass. And we have adoration to let the face of Christ shine upon us, to call us out of our sins And I'm not poo-pooing the the seriousness of the coronavirus, but I think it's a really good question to ask. Why am I more concerned about the sickness of the coronavirus than the salvation of my soul? And why do I chance that? Why do I even live in fear of going to confession? We We offer confession during Lent six times throughout the week. I do it Mondays after Mass. We have, we have two priests available on Tuesdays at St. John's. And then and four out of the five Masses, we offer confession. Not to beat you over the head, but we want you to be free. We want you to be free and, and to know the love of the Father. Because when we're forgiven, when we go to confession, what happens is all of our burdens go on to Jesus and the weight gets lifted off our shoulders and we get lifted up into the arms of the Father, into the bosom of the Father, and He holds us. And He loves us. And he says the words that we need to hear as he just holds us. I love you. I love you. I love you. And that's my whole job as a priest, is to remind you who you are. You are all beloved sons and beloved daughters of the Father. And if we know who we are, we just run to confession. Because we never want to forget that intense love of the Father. And I think it's important, even me as a priest, to practice what I preach. So I just want to say as a priest, I love you. And can you receive that? Can you receive that? And last thing. The Father said in our gospel today, this is my beloved Son, in whom I delight, in whom I'm well pleased. Listen to him. And it's no coincidence that the word listen and the word silent are spelt with the exact same letters. We live in such a noisy world. We're called to look upon the cross and listen to him, to see why we are here during Lent, why things are different during Lent, so we can deal with our sins and move forward, allow the transfiguration of Jesus to change our lives. So we can get over our fears and actually live fearless, because Jesus said, don't tell anyone about, the resurre- about, about this until I'm resurrected, because i got to go to Jerusalem, and you're going to come with me, and you're going to see how brutal this is. But after that, after I rise... Go set the world on fire with love. Go do that. But don't do it until you know my son and what he did for you and how much he loves you and how he desires you to walk in the resurrection. But there is no Easter Sunday without Good Friday, my friends. And when we look at the cross, we shouldn't see condemnation. We should see hope. We should see immense love. We should see, when we say, I love you, Jesus, he just says from the cross, I love you more. And as we're at Mass, we should be asking ourselves two questions, two questions at Mass. 
when the, when the chalice is on the altar and the patent's on the altar, we should be asking ourselves, how can I place myself more fully into the chalice? And how can I place myself more fully onto the patent? So as the bread is transformed into the body of Jesus, and as the, the, the wine is transformed into the blood of Jesus, I should be asking, how can I be transformed? How can I be transfigured into the likeness of Jesus so I can bring my light from Jesus into the world that seems to be full of darkness and full of fear. So what do we do? We take a moment of silence and we gaze upon the cross and we know to know what our sins cost him, to know what it cost the Father for us to set us free. And after Mass, I'll be offering confessions for anyone who wants to come to walk that narrow path and to know the immense love of Jesus so we can go up the mountain, but then we got to come down. And spend time in silence and let our Lord speak to our hearts, our broken hearts, speak to our fears so he can, he can let us walk in the path of trust, hope, and joy.